Let us pray as we are. God, thank you for the weather you have given us, a change from heat to coolness. Thank you for the gift of life for each one of us who are here, and even those who are here previously, our grandchildren who are here. Thank you for even what is taking place in Lukungiri. Come and visit us this morning as we come to worship through this homily. May you speak through me. May you humble me down to talk to the people through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Provost, for allowing me to preach here and my team, colleagues who are there. My names are Grace Elisa Sentongo, one of you here, and I'm privileged to have my wife here listening to me. Thank you for coming to bless me. That's right. You know, I was making a joke, but a serious one. I've been preaching all through. Before I got married to my wife, I used to record my, my message. Then my mother or father or my sibling listened to it. This week, as I prepared, I made a text and I told her to sit there. And she listened to this thing. I'm going to talk to you. And she said, do that one. So I feel so happy. Now she has been a personal to me. I love her. That is it. Our theme for this afternoon is the Lord's promise. Uh, the Lord's promise for new life, which is done all through. But we are going to look at God's response to the repentant. God's response to the repentant. And I want to make a few notes before I make this homily. One, that the entire diocese of Kampala, we are looking at that theme, the Church of Uganda, United for Service for Growth. When you go back home, remember that one, Archbishop launched it. And here at the cathedral, in January, we looked at United to Overcome. A number of preachers in the month of January, we looked at United to Overcome. Either at 6.45, lunch hour, or 6 in the evening. In February, we looked at understanding spiritual growth. That was done. And in March, we are strictly looking at repentance, the foundation of spiritual growth. Repentance, the foundation of spiritual growth. And me, I'm just going in 30, 40 minutes to talk about God's response to the repentant. And let me tell you, my brothers and sisters and grandchildren here, I think we are going through a great revival here. I've been in all since here since the 1970s. I've never seen a time when we pray, when we preach, when we talk to God like we are doing. 6.45, lunch hour, 7, you people are praying, you are inviting us. To me, it is a revival. And a revival geared to United for service 
and growth. And United for Surfing grows individually as an entity, individually as a home, individually as a couple, individually as, name it. Remember <clears throat> that this theme we are looking at now is focused and geared, moving and directed to building and establishing a foundation in your own heart, in your own intellect, in your own will. For the service of God, united for growth, and this line for growth. But I wanted to share with you a few minutes understanding these two words. I know you're not responding. And repentance. Let me begin with responding because I see some children here and I have grandchildren. And you know when you are talking to elders like you and disregard children, you are wasting time. I can't even come down. Children, you know when children see you there, they think you are a god. No, I'm a man like you. Children, the word response means answering back. When daddy calls you and he says, John, don't say yeah. You say, yes, daddy, you are responding. Or you are talking. Or you are giving a feedback. Children, the word feedback means a response you give to your mom or dad. Or you are disagreeing. It can be a response for children. Even you people, big people, listen. It can be a disagreement responding. But when we say God is response, we mean you and me trying to listen to God and then you follow in the way he wants you to do. The second word is repentant. The word repentant is an adjective and a noun coming from the word repent. Repent for children who are here and elders means you have done something bad. You have said something bad and you recognize it. And when you recognize it, for children you say, Daddy, I went, oh, mommy, and I licked sugar. It is all over your mouth. And you say, I'm sorry. That is repenting. Oh, you think for elders, you would want to walk in light, like if, for example, I disagree with my wife. And I don't come early every day. Every day. I come early for me. She knows. But if I am a type of man who comes late, and my wife complains, you have to go near her and then say, Mommy, I call her Mommy, or oh, Ekutula. Ekutula means something which breaks me. She breaks me. And uh, she says, Sorry. I'm sorry for that practice of coming late. Repentance means sincere turning, returning from what is bad to what is bad. So children who are here, when you respond to God, it means you listen to him, talk to him, sing with him, and then if you have done something wrong, you repent. And God calls you and me, small children, 
to walk with him, sing with him, love him, respect your teachers, and then when you do that one, it works out. That message is meant for small children who are here. I see them looking at me. I, I know him. I know some of them. May God bless you. Now I'm climbing up for the big people. Yeah. Now for the big people. Those two words are so key. When we talk about responding, it means you do it verbally all written to God. It's a response. There is no saying no. When you respond to God, it is deliberate. You do it because God created you and me. Like I said, it can mean you reply to him, you make noise, you reciprocate, you retaliate, you give a feedback in response to God. And it's very key that you do it. Therefore, through response, God calls men and women and children by faith. You respond to God by faith. By faith. And men and women and children respond to God by invitation. God calls you to respond to him like we are going to see. Men women and children must submit their wills and intellect. Let me repeat that one. That when you respond to God and you are a repentant sinner, your will, your intellect, and all yourself submit to God through faith. I'll repeat it the third time. That when you respond to God, you do it intellectually by saying, yes, God, I'm a forgiven sinner. I want to walk in your footsteps. I want to do what is good for other people and myself. And your will, you do it willingly without dress. The word dress means force. Without someone forcing you. And all your being your being, that is repentance. Have a time of listening to your God. In fact, all the people may understand it, children may not. But all the people, when we talk about responding to the repentant, have time to allow God to talk to you and listen to him. It's very difficult sometimes to listen to him. Sometimes when you want to listen, the telephone rings and then you pick it. Let me tell you. Even me, I'm learning it. I'm learning it. I've learned it. If I'm preparing a sermon, my wife knows, no telephone. Sometimes we disagree, but no telephone. Because once you allow the telephone to come in the preparation of someone, you are gone. Listen to God. Talk to him alone. That is a response. In silence, when you want to listen to your friend who is God, there must be silence. Good example, children, when they want to listen to their parents, the parents, one parents keep quiet, the father or the mother talks. That's listening. But when you talk and I talk, that is making noise. 
God wants you and me to listen to him in silence and also add on prayer. I emphasize in the morning that response to God requires you and me to make a debt. A debt. Visit him, tell him what you want. When you make a debt with God, it means he is your friend. You can take him out and then say, God, today I want to sit with you. These are my successes at a job. I have done my work. I have built a house. I have a vehicle. I have a vehicle. Then after I said, God, these are the challenges I'm having. I don't have children. You haven't opened my womb if you're a woman or a man because men and women have to open their wombs to produce. Tell him, you say, God, I still need to get married. Have a date with him. Talk to him. Say, God, I need to elevate from this space to this space. Tell him, when you make a date with God deliberately, God will listen to you. But some of you don't know how to make dates with God. You always want to push him, push him. God is God. God is not pushable. God is not pullable. God is just a friend you make a date with and he will listen to you. I want to stop the moment on that. When you are making a date with God, don't push him. Don't pull him. Have time to recognize that God is worth. God has integrity. God is a friend. God can listen. The Baganda have a saying, and I've been quoting it. Let me explain that one. A is the wound. If someone cuts you here, doctors can heal you. And then when you are healed, you look at it. But when someone is hungry, you always be hungry and hungry and hungry. What do I mean? That responding to God is spontaneous. It's not like being hungry. It's that God healing you from the wound. You look at it here, you know God did so. And it is spontaneous and it goes on and it goes on. That means you have to have integrity. And let me tell you, friends, that repentance is not showing off. Obulokole is not showing off. Repentance is a personal encounter between your God and my God. You cannot force repentance. Repentance, you and me must recognize that I have done something wrong to my neighbor. After recognizing it, then you make a date with God. I say, how can I reconcile with my friend? Then you are ready to reconcile. Then you talk, you can cry and disagree. After talking for some time, you can agree. When you agree, 
then you make parameters of keeping that reconciliation. Then you repent to each other. In normal cases, you hug each other. And then for us, we sing to Kutenereza. But when you sing to Kutenereza, it's not the end. It means you have to move on and on and on because repentance is a continuous thing. For Amos, Amos in chapter 14, where our theme is of God's response to repentance, he says in verse 1, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled. Hosea has in mind that you and me in our context have fallen short of the glory of God. And he's saying, return. Return means making a round turn from what you have been doing bad to do something good. He says, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. For you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Stumbling means you have knocked against each other because of your bad characters, your bad wills for others, your corruption. He goes on to say in verse 2b, take away all your iniquity. Return means you take away all your iniquity. Imagine if this was the slate where you were thief, you're a womanizer, you're a what? A liar. When you take away all your iniquity, that slate is erased. Like you see the modern telephones. You write something, but then you erase. And then the notebook remains clear. God is calling you and me to take away all our iniquity. And I don't want to mention them because you know. Take away all your iniquity, accept what is good, and we pay with booze the vows of our lips. When God takes away your iniquity, he doesn't pay with booze, with chinchy dog. No, he says, thank you, my son. You have recognized it. Now I turn on you. Just one thing you have to remember, that Hosea prophesied 10 years before after Amos. While Amos was talking about you people of Israel, you are going to be finished. Hosea talks about, no, you are falling short of God, but there is affection. A God who is affection. While Amos talks about warning if you don't do this thing, Hosea woos the people. Please turn back Return because God is tender for you. Hosea calls for mercy, while Amos calls for justice. So in repentance, you have to look up affection for each other, wooing each other for agreement, having a tender heart, having mercy, then you call upon God to appeal to you. In fact, he talks in verse 4, I will heal your apostasy. I will love you freely. Healing your apostasy is those lies, those bad things you do. He will heal your apostasy and then he will again love you freely. You know, this man, Jose, had a challenge, poor man. In chapter two, God tells him, go and marry a prostitute, Goma. A man like you and me, a woman like you, 
God tells you, Grace, go and marry that prostitute on the road. And then you go. Hosea obeyed God. Goma had a child. But he's using this one metaphorically. The first child he named him Jezebel, a name of one of the cities in Israel. Because Assyria was going to wipe away all Israel. So he calls him Jezebel because God had refused them. He uses it metaphorically to mean that even if you have disobeyed, God can remember you. He gets a second child. And the second child, he calls him, not my people. Can you imagine? You have been his people, but he says, not my people. Because you had. But Hosea says, even if God calls you not my people, he will bring you back. What is Hosea telling me and you? Hosea is saying, in God's response to repentance, you must have loyalty for God. Loyalty means God has called you in a covenant. He chose Abraham and Sarah, the father and mother of the nation, all through Jesus. That covenant is still binding up to now, not a contract. When you are in the covenant with someone, it means it is binding. When you go to lawyers, we make agreements, what and what, which can be five years, two years. When you rent your house, it might be an agreement. But God's covenant between you and him is a covenant of reality. A covenant relationship which is of true love, not love unless it is loyal. The covenant I have with my wife here is between me and her in sickness, in life, in everything, until death do us part. That's the agreement. Some of you, I know you here, have lost your husband and wife. That covenant was binding. That is a covenant almost similar to God is saying that I am your God, you are my person. That means you have to have value. Let me remind you, my friends, that if you don't know value and you don't have value yourself and you don't understand it, you cannot value another person. You know, there are some people who don't value others because they themselves don't know what value is. If you don't have value for yourself, then you cannot value others and you can value God. That loving kindness is what God is calling you and me today. That respond to him in that loving kindness, that faithfulness, that unanswered love, that undying devotion, where you love and love and love your God until God calls you. The other day we are saying, Prayer to my friend here, advocate who passed on. He was my age, my friend, my friend, my friend. His children studied my children. They grew up with me, I know. 
But a lot was talked about him as a man of impeccable character. He loved others. He stood on his word. He could stand alone as a judge. God is saying, when you love and love and love and walk in my footsteps, then he can hold you up and then you move together. It is a covenant love which calls you to respond to him and then you stay with it in love. No mubelirako. No chiberam. You are there. You know, repentance is very difficult. Some people don't want to repent. They don't want to submerge their self. But repentance is very important that you and me learn. Because once you repent, you are clearing the ground with your God. Verse 7 says, I, I begin with on 5. Once you are repentant, you will be like the dew to Israel. It shall blossom you like lilies. Some of you have traveled to Kisoro. In the morning, you see dew covering all the mountains. But as you turn and turn, and then you pass that great corner, you begin seeing the green. The dew just covers. And then that is the love, the repentance Hosea is talking about, that will be like the dew that covers Israel. And then they will blossom. When that love covers you, then you blossom like the lily. You shall take the roots like the trees of Lebanon, that all your shoots shall be taken, and then you'll be covered under. That, that is the true repentance he's talking about. Then he says, they shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the corn. I was giving an example. I love nature. At home we have trees around. And sometimes I get my stool, I go and sit under one of the trees. And then either I take tea to my wife or she brings for me. One day... I didn't consult my wife. I want to repent. There was a palm next to our wall fence. The palm was growing and growing and growing. I didn't consult her and I cut it. <laughs> I had to cut her heart. <laughs> she told me, but, but daddy, why? I said I'm cutting it because it's going to break the wall. He said, leave it. But you know, I had already cut it. I had used the electric <laughs> cut and I had cut it. I was going to cut it down a bit, but I said, since my wife has told me, let me cut halfway. In fact, the palm is still there. Halfway, but poor palm is not responding because I had had the cut. I had cut the heart of the palm. Yesterday, I look at the palm. The palm is drying and it is going down. True repentance means that you repent. You don't only cut the heart of that thing which is breaking unity, but you bring it together 
And then you say, I forgive, I return for the benefit of others. Verse 8 says, Oh Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? People don't want to repent because they have idols. Idols, what you wash behind us here. You people are very good, but I know some people who have idols. One time, about 10 plus, 10 years, I don't know if I've given this example. There's a man who told me and my wife to keep his home. But in that home, it was going to be hired to some Bazungu. But in one of the drawers, there were those things they believe in idols. But you know when you are renting out someone, you have to make it clean. So when we are painting, 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 I do all those things because I'm mechanical. There was a drawer up here which had a box, a metal box. I said, what is here? Put it down. When I put it down, I found it was a metal box with a basket and a kamani and a what? I got it up and I burnt it. Those are idols. If you have an idol in your home which you worship, told by some of these Jujubaganda men over Chori or others, please burn them down because they stop true repentance and then you begin worshiping idols. In fact, I burnt it almost 20 years, but I'm still I am, and I'm going to go at 94, like I tell you. Don't fear burning those things. People fear them. I'm still who I am. I burnt it. And he said, thank you. And that person painted it. The child is now almost in the university. So please, don't, don't, don't believe in idols. True repentance means you're forfeit. That's why he says, Oh, Ephraim, oh, Uganda, what have I to do with idols? It is like, it is I who answer and look after you. I'm like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Allow God to be your fruit, a fruit of love, a fruit of peace, a proof of prosperity. A, 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 a proof of joy. I want to leave with these four, five lessons as I end. One, and it's very important, that true repentance requires you to understand that once in a while you may fall apart. But when you fall apart, God can raise you. I'm not going to expound that when I talked about it. The infidelity, the independence from God, immorality, God can wash them clean. Like David talks about in Psalm 51 too. That even where there is repentance, there may be some guilty parties. Through repentance, there are some people who may be hurt. But even in that area where people hurt, they may be priests, they may be prophets, they may be kings, they may be money God can do miracles and then brings about repentance. Allow him to enter there. Allow him to work on you. Then he can make you clean. Another area 
that God's response to repentance also comes up with some judgments. 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 Like now in Uganda, one of the key areas where people are judging each other, they're stealing left and right, is the land. If you follow Nubukede, I follow Nubukede because I want to be informed. But you can't spend a day on Nubukede TV without younger men fighting over property for their fathers. Younger people who are here, I'm not talking about my colleagues of my age, I'm 65 almost. I'm talking about people of 18 to about 35. Stop fighting for your parents' things. Work hard and also make your things. Stop stealing our things. If you want, we shall give you our things. But when you begin killing your dad when he's there, you are cursed. Let me tell you, we are what we are because our parents blessed us. We never asked for their things. They gave us their things. For me, they didn't give me very much because I had my things. But if you wait upon your dad and your mom, he or she will give you, but never kill your father. Because you're, the moment you tamper and strangle your father, you are going to be like those biblical children. That curse of generation will go through you to your generation. And the Bible says almost four generations, five, six, seven. So I want to warn all the younger people here, the judgments. Land is godly. God made land for you to prosper. Never tamper younger people. Even old people like us to steal people's land. Two, you will be banished. Banished means you will be forgotten. Then you become spoiled. Number four, God is faithful to you. When God calls you to respond to repentance, he is faithful to you. God can let, cannot let you go. When you have time, read Hosea 11, 1 to 11. God cannot let you go. He will still call you to come. God will not let you off. Read Hosea 5, 10 to 6, 6. God will let live off. And also, God cannot let you down. That is God. He cannot let you go. He can let you off. And he can let you down. In conclusion, in conclusion, what message do we take home this afternoon? on God's response to the repentant. What message did you take? One, that God's response works through people to advance his goal of salvation. He works through you and me to advance the goal of salvation. Assist one another to know the Lord that we can be able to benefit and secure the kingdom of God. B, that God's response is deliberate. You have to plan for it. You have to organize it. You have to coordinate it. 
you have to lead others, and then you have to control it to achieve the goals of salvation. I'm just speaking with a bit as if this is a management thing. No. God's response is deliberate. You have to plan it. Don't imitate. Don't lie. You have to organize it clearly. You have to coordinate it. You have to make other people lead the way of the truth. And then you have to control that repentance to achieve the goal of revelation. See, repentance therefore is a must. It pays the way for you for our future relation with God. It is a must. It is a must. The tradition of our of the 70s used to say, when you don't get saved, you'll never see me. We got saved when we were young because our revival parents said, if you don't get saved grace, you'll never see me in heaven. That's why we may fall as men and women, but we always replenish. We rework ourselves so that we can be able to meet our parents in heaven. D, repentance therefore inspires and motivates you and believers to lead a cross-like life. When you repent, you imitate and lead a cross-life like. And finally, repentance inspires you and me and other believers to grow spiritually and in the footsteps of Jesus. May God touch you and me. May God walk around you. May you and me respond to God's invitation for salvation. May you walk with others in love and fellowship. May you recognize that you are a mortal man and you need total reconciliation with your neighbors. Remember, repentance is the capacity for a sinner like you and me to translate your sinfulness into mutual forgiveness. Let's read that one. That repentance of local Okwenenya is the capacity for a sinner like you and me to translate our sinfulness into mutual forgiveness when you talk with God, when you listen to him silently, when you make a date, the moment you recognize that you're a sinner and then able to translate your sinfulness into mutual forgiveness, then God lives in you and me. May God bless you as you go out this evening this afternoon, to go and experience the saving love of God, especially during this time of Lent, that you touch him, feel him, talk with him, cry with him, make a date with him, beginning today, in the name of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.